Danny, lyd og god og meget folk på sig. Sam, lyd og god og meget sæt på sig. 3, 2, 1. Welcome back, it's episode 34 of Dogger Saints, an unofficial St. Johnson podcast, and I am joined by the man who, who seen me right on Saturday, He's, he did see me right, it's Danny Williams. Can you feel the power of the gladiators? <laughs> now what it used to happen is, I wore an onion on my belt, as was a sal at the time, and John Anderson <laughs> would go, on your first whistle, gladiator, you will go, and on your second whistle, contender, you will go. You're right. Thanks for that. Yeah. <laughs> Appreciate that. Um, next weekend, Dan. Um, yeah, it was, we had, a, we had a right good day on Saturday. Some of us had a spectacular day. Uh, let's just, let's just get around the bush. I got oh, very, I got very drunk and I lost my mobile phone and it wasn't a successful day all round. I lost my phone, but it was still turned on on Sunday because like I did that find my phone and it was still circulating. It was in Glasgow, roughly where we were. I kept ringing it just in case someone had picked it up, but. Ach, it happens to the best of us, mate. We move, we move on. We move. I mean, on. when I found you and you were trying to get on a train to Edinburgh, that wouldn't have been ideal. That wouldn't have been ideal. But you probably might have had your phone still. Yeah, well, this is true. But anyway, <laughs> just to sign off on Saturday, a couple of shout-outs. One today, one of our listeners who were chatting to on the train on the way through. Again, we did our usual and didn't get your name. Yeah, we're good at that. But um, he had <laughs> he heard me going like probably shouting the odds about something. He was like, I recognise that voice. So that was very nice. And then one of my mates went, oh, it might not have been, you know, he didn't, he didn't notice it. I'm like, well, he's fairly recognisable, isn't he? Yeah. And he's it could have been any old. Yeah. But you'll know who he is. He, he said he did a lot of driving. He listens to it and he loves the, the show. So thank you for listening. And a right, um, right nice fella. He was a lovely fella, yeah. Uh, if you want to get and, in touch with us and let us know who you are, we can give you a proper shout out. Absolutely. And... I bumped into in the wee small hours when I was coming out of the pub oh. in Perth, or might have been coming out of the um, coming out of the chip shop. Joss, oh, lovely, the cracker, Chris Uvalumo fame, lovely. Now, now, Joss had a boat to pit with me. Joss Butler, the universe, Joss shouldn't actually be the first, you know, our favourite Joss, and he should be because Joss Butler's Joseph, and he's actually Joss. So. Wow. It's a fair argument. How am I going to ditch the line? I do, Probably I, not. I don't even know what the universe Joss actually means. Well, there's a cricketer, West Indies cricketer, Chris Gale, who nicknamed himself the universe boss. Right, okay. And that so makes Joss Butler is the universe Joss. Cool. Yeah, good cricket story. We'll get it out of the way early. Oh, we also have to offer an apology as well before we start to our guest last week, Graham Gartland, who did send me a text afterwards saying, I've just listened back and I swore an awful lot. So... He offers his apologies if you're offended by any of his sweeties. Uh, well, no. No, no, I don't think you were. <laughs> no. No. Nothing to worry about. A great guest, absolutely. And we had a lot of feedback on that, So coming back and saying how brilliant he was. He was. And we agree. Yep, and we've got some cracking guests lined up as well in the coming weeks, so, but we'll let you know as soon as they have definitely been confirmed. It's international break. Things like this happen, but we are still here to bring you St. Johnson-based content 
in a roundabout way. Exactly. In, in our own particular way. So this week, Dan, we are having a retro week. All the old features are coming back. Wholesome Content Corner. No idea what that is yet, but I'm sure we'll think of something as we go. George O'Boyle and the Royal, it's been a mainstay from this start. Theme Team, it's not old, but we like it. It's staying, and we've got the results of our 80s week, and there's some crackers in there. We have also got the Club Shop of Shame. That's been a mainstay from the start, and, and the return, Dan, of Doggers on Tour. Absolutely, spike the monkey. We're living it up big time. We are living it up big time. And do you know what's more retro than all of that? Taylor Magenta. Speaking of which, let's talk about that. After the success of our chicken and chorizo pie debate, which finally, finally came through, I think it's time to start the Taylor Magenta campaign again, Dan. Yeah, this is the time to do it. It's the time when they're deciding on kit designs and that. So if you want Taylor Magenta and you're listening to this podcast, all I want you to do is going to Twitter, at St. Johnston, hashtag Teal Magenta. That's all you have to write. Bombard them. You should let it slip under the radar because everyone got blinded by the lights by the, by the Sunderland home kit that we presently wear as an away kit. So, That's what and we- then that, that was like an appeasing factor of no Teal Magenta. And no, eyes on the prize again, everyone. Yeah, it's time to focus. Focus for next season because this is the time of year it gets decided as we know, after speaking to, uh, to young Sam from the media team, at St. Johnston, hashtag Teal Magenta. That's it. That's all I want you to do. Bombard them every single day. Just send it. Let's hit them hard with it. I think that's what we should do. And let's go back to last season, being in the retro episode. At the end of our awards episode, we did a montage kind of song, which basically covered the whole season from Callum Davidson joining the club all the way through to David Weatherspoon's interview after the Scottish Cup final. And it was bloody excellent. Sometimes I go back and listen to that episode just to listen to that. It was excellent. and But the thing was, though, right at the end of the episode, so a lot of people, like, we can get the statistics. A lot of people maybe can switch off before the end after the interview and might not have heard it. So I think we should just throw it in now in case you haven't heard it. And it's always nice to hear back from last season. It still gives me the goosebumps. You know what? This can be a wholesome content. Oh, lovely stuff all the wholesome content here it is for you if you haven't heard it or just want to hear it again here is our montage of last season from our awards episode Callum welcome back to to McDermott Park obviously no stranger around these parts you must be uh, (laughs) Absolutely delighted to, to be back here normally so now in the hot seat as as a manager as well. Too good an opportunity for me to turn down. This is the next century. Come on, Sids. Come on, we takes. That's it. That's the target. Banging at the top beauty. corner, just as we were looking for. St Johnston five. Hamilton three. Yes. That's yes. a goal for Saints. And it's Calm Henry. How we like to sing along. There it is. And that is a goal for Saints. It's Captain Jason Kerr, a towering header, crashing the ball past Offer Marciano. And it's St. Johnston who take an unlikely lead here at Hamden. Go on, that's in, that's another goal, Saints have made it three, absolutely fantastic. 
last training session before the final tomorrow. How, how are you feeling about things? Yeah, good. Yeah, I think it's uh, preparations have gone well. Obviously, can hear some people like Sean Rooney there are a bit more excited. Become legends. The greatest stage in Scottish football, the Scottish Cup final. Blood and thunder out there. Here's Wotherspoon. So Gogic the dummy in comes the ball! And there is the goal! And it's the Johnston legend, Sean Rooney! And that's it! A superb season! has just become an extraordinary season for St Johnston Football Club. And it is St Johnston's Cup! It is St Johnston's season! They have won the 2021 Scottish Cup. Johnston League Cup winners 2021, St Johnston Scottish Cup winners 2021, double winners, history makers. Just want to say one last thing to my family back home, watching my kids, my wife, mum and dad. Thank you. Oh, that's good to hear that again, isn't it? Love a spoon. Um, You've got to stop making me greet, man. I know. Every time. Every time. I know. It's brilliant. But to relive that last season, let's just not forget how great it was. 
and with all the kind of you, you see the petty moaning that oh rubbish we're not doing this just don't forget last season and how great it was it was it was a thrill wasn't it and it you know what I said it at the time you look back now and I know things are sort of seem to get back to normal and all that we had bugger all else going on I know we had, like, we had nothing else going on and we were just so lucky that our football team did that. But it was just, it was so exciting because it was game by game. And it wasn't just the cup. Obviously, it was the cup runs. But it was also that sort of just barreling up the league. And every game, it was like, our oh, Saints are playing. Our Saints are going to win. Yeah. Was, That's what it became like. It was bizarre. It was incredible. An incredible season. It's not to be forgotten, but... We lost a couple of players as we've done in the last month or so, but one player has signed a contract. Let's talk about it. It's Liam Gordon. After all, it is a St. Johnson podcast and he is a St. Johnson player. Give me those lovely Saintsies and give me that lovely content. You put it together, you got a podcast, baby. <laughs> Get there. Yes. So it seems like a lifetime ago now, but it was only last week that Liam Gordon has now signed a new deal to keep him to the club until 2024. That's great news. Absolutely, spike the monkey. I think that's going to be the new celebration button. It's 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 shorter than Fiesta. Yeah, but it, yeah, on the point, it's spank the monkey. It's tremendous news. It brings a little bit of stability mm-hmm. to matters from a sort of practical sense. You know, we still lost lost Jason Kerr, still. A little bit unsure on Jamie McCart's situation. So to get Liam signed up is a massive booster club. And the thing is, again, we all know our Saints operate. Getting someone signed up on a three-year deal, even if he doesn't see out those three years, and I sincerely hope he doesn't many more beyond that, it's, yeah, it, we're not going to get undercut. No, he's going to be, you know, if if somebody does come in with a, a decent offer for him, then we're going to get the, the money we deserve for him. But he's always been the linchpin of that defence for me. He talks to everybody through the game, especially when you were watching it on telly last year with, with no fans there. All you can hear is Liam Gordon keeping everybody right. Um, him next to F.A. Ambrose would be absolutely superb. Um, just keeping him right. Um, it'd be Gordon, Ambrose and McCart for me is the back three. Um, I think that'd be pretty, pretty decent. I think that's the way they're going to go. And it's, Harsh on James Brown, who has been, well, said it for a few weeks. I think he's been exceptional since he's moved to that right side of centre-half. But it's great options, but Liam's not going to be an option. Liam's going to be your, your guaranteed guy, first name on the team sheet, to be quite honest. So he's, uh, it's just, you know, a Perth boy, big Saints fan. As I said before, I know, um, I know his dad, Craig, and uh, played a bit of football with Craig, and he's, a smashing lad himself, but I know he's a big Saints fan as well. It's the Prince of Perth, mate. That's that's what he is, and we want to want to keep him around. We, you, it's nice having different guys coming in and whatnot, but it's always nice to have one of your own in there. Indeed, you do. Well, obviously, we've got Spoonie as well, who's off with Canada at the moment. Um, he'll probably be out of contention for the weekend. Will we? Will we talk about the Livy game? Yeah, we can talk about the Livy game. They're pish. 
Yeah, unless they're playing Celtic. Now, I was listening to the Ammon View podcast, which I know I'm a glutton for punishment. I shouldn't because it's rubbish. But they were asking the question, oh, they came up with a new feature, a brand new feature, which we certainly aren't going to steal because it's rubbish, and I'll tell you why it's rubbish in due course. But they were discussing, uh, should should Martindale stay as manager? And half of them said yes. Are they off their nut? I think, yeah, I think they are. But <laughs> I get it. It's difficult, really, because obviously you can sort of say that he did have this, he has got something in there, and he was a guy who took them on that fantastic unbeaten run last season. Was it just what you've got to consider is he took them on a fantastic unbeaten run, and since then, since Saints beat them at, at living last season, they've won two in 20. That is piss poor. So, and does it was it just a new manager bounce? I don't know. It is probably getting to the point where they're going to have to make a decision Either way, they're going to have to really back him or get rid because you don't want to be getting cut adrift. The only the only thing I would say, but the same stands for sort of Dundee and to an extent Ross County. There are some other pretty crap teams in that league or teams that haven't had a good start. So you can pull away pretty quickly if you're living. And I think they're probably most likely to. But Dundee could go on a run. County could go on a run, and then you cut adrift. Yeah, and you're caught back in it. Um, it's quite funny because our very first episode going back, we, I think it was Alec Dyer's last game for Kilmarnock. He got sacked straight after us. Now, it was. our next three, well, we beat Dundee 3 1. <laughs> Thanks. And um, James McPake is still on a job. I thought that might, because our next three games is technically, well, including the last one, was Dundee, James McPake could have been sacked after we beat them 3 1. We've now got Livy on Saturday. If we beat them, Martindale could go. Then after that, we've got Celtic away, which is another manager who's not exactly in... We could, we could, it could be three and three. We could be. The thing is with McPeak, I knew he was sort of... I, I just got the feeling he was doomed. And it's not happened yet, but I got a feeling he was doomed at that cup game a couple of weeks ago when he came out with a suit on, but a fleece underneath it. Yeah. And, I mean, that's just wrong in behaviour. Terrible. He's got a half-decent haircut, which might be what is sort of conning the board into thinking he's competent or he's, exci- he's an exciting young manager or something <laughs> like that. I, I, it's, this is just generally what I'm thinking of. But the, This is the barrel that I'm scraping as to why he wasn't a sort of St. Johnston casualty. Well, if, if that's the case, if you're going on fashion, then Martindale's going to be safe as well. <laughs> scruffy, scruffy man. Oh, he turns up in the Armani jeans, the nice black jeans, the nice jumper. Even the, even looked, the Celtic manager. And we've got hearts after that as well. And uh, Nielsen likes a tight pair of breeks. He does like a tight pair of breeks. We're not going to make it four out of four, I think, Nielsen. Nielsen has somehow looked absolutely, for two seasons, on the spin, including the one with Dundee United, in the Championship. He looked like an absolute noddy. Yeah. It was that heart side last year. Generally, they won the league at a canter just because everyone else was dreadful. That was the only reason, because they weren't very good. But then, obviously, they've come in. Strength in the squad, I'd say. But, and then they look really good. I know it's, it's it's frightening, but that's that that will complete the set of games, and then then it's back to Dundee United again. Dundee United away, which 
It's certainly not going to be a, an easy game, but we're getting well well ahead of ourselves. Livy on Sunday, they can't travel. We scored three at home. I think we'll... I, I fancy ourselves against Livy. Yeah, I think we'll beat him. Uh, I think we're playing... I think we're playing some nice football. And I said it. And it wasn't just me that said it. A lot of people said it. The big acid test was when we got past two games in a week. Yeah. Basically, those first few weeks of the season, and it's unfortunate because we had a lot of winnable league games in there. But there were always going to be a struggle with the squad size we had. And the intensity we had to play at in Europe. There was always going to be the European angle. So it was just a case of being patient. I think since then, I thought we were exceptional against Rangers. Obviously, didn't get the result. And after that, I thought we played pretty well at Aberdeen. Got the result. The cup game, I thought we were brilliant. Very good in, uh, very good in defeat at Easter Road. Some people might disagree with me on that, but I thought we were good that day. And then probably the best hour of football we've had under Davidson. I would say Against so. Dundee. Yeah, it was... Seamless from start to finish when it well, the first hour, as you say, was dominant. Yeah. So let's rule it out. We're gonna beat Livy on Sunday and we'll get them and view boys back on. We're actually meeting them so, on Saturday. <laughs> yeah. It's that's gonna be that's gonna be eventful. No, yeah. it'll be nice to see him. We wind each other up, but we've got a good set of e pals, and it will be nice to actually meet them in the face and just call them a shower of pricks to the face. Are they all coming through? I'm not sure, actually. Um, we'll see what happens, see who turns up. That's part, of the, that's part of the excitement. Who knows what we'll get. We might get one of the lesser ones that are a bit rubbish. Well, like Ennis. Yeah. I like yeah. Ennis. He's quite funny. He's, one, he's the funnier one. They're, they're one of them is really boring. I don't know which one it is. <laughs> but I don't know which one it is, but I hope he comes through. I'll tell him. What a character assassination this is. Yeah. I love, I love all five of you boys. There's five of them. I thought there was 17. Who knew? It's a bit like a view from the terrace where they just kind of rotate them on a weekly basis. Yeah. But that was Levy. More, more extras than Ben Hur on the terrace. Oh, absolutely ridiculous. Should we go to a feature? Let's do a feature. Shall we do, shall we do feature roulette where I'll just hit a button and we'll see what happens? Yeah. I like it. Right, let's do it. Three, two, one. It's George O'Boyle and the Royal. Where have you seen St. Johnson players? What have they been doing? Let us know. And this week, you have done just that. Dan, what is this week's spot? Sam, I've got to tell you. This one's been sent to us by our old mate, Dave McDonald. The universe, Dave. The universe, Dave, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm running with it. Anyway, and we're going to my hometown. Lovely. Everyone loves a jaunt to Blackpool. That's exactly where we're going. The old, the, the old country, <laughs> Lancashire. Anyway, so in the Las Vegas of Europe, you're going with that trademark pending. Yeah, <laughs> Dave was, Dave was at Blackpool Pleasure Beach. Everyone loves a day at the Pleasure Beach. Love the Pleasure Beach. Pleasure Beach is great. Do you know the problem? Do you know my only problem with Blackpool? is sometimes you just don't want chips. Yeah. And you don't have a choice. We don't have many other options. No. I, I, don't get me wrong. I love a chip. Love a chip. But sometimes I just want a nice pasta or something. Yeah. Yeah. You, no, nah, you're barking up the wrong tree there. 
Speak, speaking of uh, and trees and birds and stuff, did that bird ever turn up? Diego, yeah. Sorry, I forgot. <laughs> I forgot to tell you. Oh, that's good news. Five weeks missing. Diego the parrot. For regular listeners, remember my mate, um, my old pal from back home, Floydy. He um, basically, I bought it up because I was taking the taking the mick out of my sister for sharing a lost parrot post on Facebook, and then <sighs> realised it was uh, then realised it was Andy's parrot, <laughs> uh, Diego, and now. People might think I'm being a bit of a hypocrite here because I am petrified of birds. I mean, I've got a pathological fear of them. It's horrendous. Oh, no. It's actually debilitating in life. <laughs> but I'm a big softie and I don't wish harm upon any creature. So, yeah. So basically, Diego, you'd think if a bird went missing, that'd be it, wouldn't you? Yeah. Really. But no, Diego, he's back. How five did, weeks how, missing. How, what, did, what, did, what did a bird like that do for five weeks? What kind of was that? Was it a parrot? Yeah, yeah, Macaw. I don't know. There's, I, I, there's obviously some stuff around. It. I don't, I don't have a clue. But he's safe. He's sound. Bro- and that, that's a wholesome, wholesome ending. Brilliant. Being a retro week where we're bringing back old features, retro. Wholesome Content Corner has its feature, finally. We were struggling to come up with some wholesome content, and the return of uh, Diego the Macaw after five weeks is great news, and I am absolutely delighted. And uh, just as while you were speaking there, I was Googling, it's uh, ornithophobia is the fear of birds. So there we go. Good. Good news. George will buy on the Royal. Pleasure Beach. Pleasure Beach, yeah. So, Dave, is that Blackpool Pleasure Beach? And he has seen former Saints. Stuart McCaffrey. You said Saint-Tees. Plural. Plural, mate. Wow. It's a double punter. What a day out of the pleasure beach. I know. Unbelievable scenes. So they've seen Stuart McCaffrey and fellow Blackpool native and former Saintie, Scotty Tanza, Brilliant. having a lovely old time at the pleasure beach. They weren't together, I presume? No. With the respective, Which, the respective families, I presume? That which makes it even more bizarre, to be honest with you. It's a, it's a, it must be a regular haunt for St. Johnson X players. It must be. I mean, but why wouldn't it be? You've got, um, you got it all there. You've got the big one. Did you know I and various other roller coasters? Did you know I once went on a Walsh and Gromit ride seven times in one day because Miles just wanted to keep going on. Seven <laughs> is times. Is that what it is now? The Walsh and Gromit. Walsh and Gromit's on there where I can't remember what used to be there. Um, it's kind of right in the middle. It was when I was growing up. I don't no, I don't think it is. And I mind me like the kids' little play park area. Oh, the nickel. No, it's up. From, it's up. It's up from that. Oh, I think I know where it is. Yeah, I think I know exactly where it is. I think it used to be Alice in Wonderland. Anyway, no, Alice in Wonderland is still there. Oh, what? I like how you've been evidently been to Pleasure Beach more recently than me. Um, every year for the last ten years. Ridiculous enough. The the little. Kids sort of right, kiddies ride area when I was growing up was called Beaver Creek. <laughs> that's now Rugrats, uh, the Rugrats ride. It's Nickelodeon land down there now. That's now yeah, Rugrats. That's what it is. Yeah, but it was Beaver Creek when I was growing up, which I didn't realize how funny it was <laughs> when I was a kid. I've just Googled it. Waltz and Gromit's Thrillomatic ride replaced the Goldmine ride. Oh, it's a Goldmine go. Yeah, it's now Waltz and Gromit. There we go. 
I do like Wallace and Gromit. Yeah, I like Wallace and Gromit as well. But anyway, we're, we're off the point. So Stuart McCaffrey, we're, we're kind of padded out well and truly. We did pad that out. Um, um, we also spoke to our good friend who were at the football on Saturday with Gary Malcolm, uh, was at Open Goal Live at uh, the Hydro last Sunday, was it? Yeah, last Sunday. I think with about half of the country. Yeah, there, everybody was there. Yep, yeah, it looked like quite the fun event. And he's seen Chris Miller. And he was pissed. Oh, magic. Yeah, and he was pissed. So not so wholesome. No, but but a friend of the show, Chris Miller. Friend of the show, Chris Miller, yeah. I, and that was sent in by a friend of the show, Gary Malcolm. Good news. Good times. I wonder if uh, Chris Miller will come to our live event. Well, if he wants to, he's more than welcome. Tickets still available, horsecross.co.uk. Don't miss out. It'll be a hoot. Yeah. Chris is welcome. I'm welcome, Sam. You're welcome. Well, we've sort of got to be there. But everybody's welcome. You go to Horse Cross, you have a look for the tickets, and you get yourselves down to see the boys. And what'll be what a great day that'll be. It will be a good night. I'm not I'm like people are like, oh, you'll be nervous, but not at all. I don't think it'll be great. We'll regale tales. We'll talk about things that uh, we'll probably discuss Alan Preston at length, I imagine. Yeah, he'll come up because um, I'd imagine one of the questions we'll get asked is who who was the best guest or uh, who was the most controversial. Preston, oh, I'm still not over it. It's, it's a, several months ago now. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think I'm over it yet. It was an eye-opener. It was an eye-opener, certainly. But yeah, if you want to come down and see the boys, Friday the 12th of November, come down to... <laughs> Hold on! <laughs> Hold on! Like, listeners, Miller's just put on a pair of specs. I've, I've never seen you wear specs before. They're not mine, they're lens. <laughs> <laughs> you just put Lynn Specks on and you look like Dennis Taylor. I, I thought I looked like, who is that guy, the the serial killer guy that um, David Tennant played? Dennis that, Nelson. Yeah. It's got, it's got yeah, the, you do look like Nelson, actually. It's got the Nelson. It's Not the, Harry Nelson. He was a beautiful singer. <laughs> yeah. Dennis but, Nelson. Bad cat. Yeah. It's kind of similar glasses to what he he, he sported back in the day. So, so I put mine on. Yeah, I think so. I've never seen you in Specks I should, I should wear it, I've never this is This is great for the listeners at home. Right, so that was our two spots. Three spots, technically. Stuart McCaffrey, good defender. Scott Tanzer, good defender. Bad egg, big huffer. He, 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 yeah, he did have a huff, but he was a, I, I liked him. I thought he was a good player. He did. Good, good free kick taker as well. I, I wouldn't go with good defender. Good footballer. Yeah, bad defender. And, no, I better keep him right just in case he ever comes on. Can't sack yeah. him off. And... Chris Miller, good midfielder, bad finisher. Yeah, well, legend. Yeah, absolute legend, superstar hero, an absolute Adonis underneath them clothes. I tell you what, an, another word on Saturday. We put a picture up on the Twitter. I'd just like to confirm to people I'm not actually pregnant. Oh, I've not seen it. Did you look a bit You puffed? put it up. What, when the one of all of us standing in a line? All of us standing in a line. I think that top that I had on might have been a bit too ticked for... Oh well, I don't. I don't really remember much by that stage. But um, we move on. We do move we on. Go again. But if you've seen a St. Johnson player, where have you seen them? What have they been doing? The only man I know that can explain to you just what to do if you see these guys and what not to do on Facebook is Danny Williams. Sam, listeners, I gotta tell you, as Ali McCoy would say, I gotta tell you, these Saints, I want to know what they've been doing. I need to know what they're doing. I got to know what they're doing. I'm yearning, I'm making. I've got a fever inside of me to know what these Saints are doing. And I need you guys 
need you guys to come and get in contact with the boys so you can let me know. But I think you're going to need a couple of examples. And so this week, I'm going to give you examples. It's retro week. So we're going to, it's self-indulgent retro for my examples here because it's former podcast guests. Good. And what have we just been discussing? Theme parks. Are you going to, are you going to smash the two of them together in a, in a Richard Osman style, not stolen feature? Sam, you can read me like a book, baby. That's exactly <laughs> what I'm going to do. So listeners, if you've ever seen <laughs> friend of the show and former Saints fullback, Richie Foster having the time of his life at the now defunct Camelot theme park at Charnock Richard, Lancashire. You come and let me know. He might, and once he's been, he's on the Excalibur. He's laughing and joking like he always does until he's, until those big bins he's got fell off. And then the day was ruined. Amy had a long car drive on. Anyway, if you've seen that, you let us know. But I don't think that's enough. I think. Oh, sorry, I'm, I'm just going to interrupt very, very quickly. Is Charnock Richards not a service station? Why would there be a theme park at a service station? It's a town. Oh, is it? I didn't know. I just thought it was a random service station. I was going to go with a very, very niche thing as well. Go on. That when, if Richard Foster singing uh, the theme, the old radio theme tune for Charnock Richards Cycles. <laughs> buy a bike, buy a bike, come down to Charnock Richards Cycles. <laughs> but unless you lived in Lancashire in the 90s, then you'd have no hope of knowing what that was. What I need from the listeners is if you let me know, if you've seen Friend of the Show and Present Saints number two, Elliot L. Paz Parish knocking kids out of the road at Alton Towers to get to the front of the queue for the corkscrew. The problem is, he finds out when he gets there, it closed in 2008 and he never got the memo. He leaves in a huff. It's 9.51 in the morning and his day's ruined. El Paz, you got to stick it out, man. you got to go on Nemesis. But no, it's no corkscrew, but you got to go on Nemesis. you got to meet us right there. You go on that, baby. You, you've ruined it. And, but listeners, if you've seen this, if you've seen our pal, El Paz, having, having a huff because corkscrew's been turned out. Did not get renamed to Smiler? Have they? I think it was called the Smiler when it closed down, yeah. That's right. Oh, different ride. Oh, is it? Different ride. Is that the Smiler not the one that like decapitated the lassie? Not decapitator. Yeah. Decapitator legs. Yeah. Can you deca- decapitate somebody's legs? No. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> no. <laughs> right. Sorry, Tim. I'm absolutely. I think that's. I think that's your head. I don't know. I don't know enough about it. <laughs> if you know anything about decapitation, let us know <laughs> by all the usual social streams. Dan, sorry to to have absolutely trampled all over your flow here. Yeah, yeah, I'm a bit. But anyway, we'll leave <laughs> on. <laughs> I don't mind because what I want to know, because listeners, if you let me know, you've got to let me know. You need to let me know if you've seen these Saints. It doesn't have to be Fuzzy and El Paz down at the theme parks. It could be any Saints doing anything. And you know how to let me know. You know how to let the boys know. You go and let us know. All the usual social streets, Dogger Saints on Instagram, Dogger Saints on Twitter, DoggerSaints.com, the contact section, and the old Facey B. You stop looking through your ex-mother-in-law's tag photos on Facebook to see what your miss your ex missus looks like now. It'll do you no good. It'll do you no good. Stop taking advantage of some old woman who doesn't know how to delete your Facebook. That's bad, bad behavior, baby. But good behavior is come in and letting the boys know about the Saints. Boom! Get there. What's the shop? Club shop of shame. What's the shop? Club shop of shame. What what's the shop? Club shop of shame. What's the shop? Shame. shame. The club shop of shame, my favourite feature. Don't know about you. It's not St. Oh, John's related. Well, one week it was when we did the kind of dust-covered hat cap thing. 
That was weird, that. That was really weird. So It resurfaced the other day. I seen that again, yeah. Online, yeah. Like, people are actually going to be interested in buying it. If you if you bought one of these, let us know how crap it actually is. I'd love to know. Uh, please just let us know, in, in any case, because, I don't know, I've just, I've just got intrigue about it now. It is. So, this is a club shop of shame. What tat are clubs selling throughout the world? Melbourne City did a beer pong table. Man United did a Chinese New Year themed shirt. Liverpool did a Liverpool have done a lot of rubbish. We've covered them substantially. But we've never gone off to Germany before until today. Oh, Germany. Oh, beautiful. You love Germany. You love German football. I would say you're a, you're an expert in German football. I, I, I enjoy it. Do you enjoy rubbish merchandise from from Bayern Munich? Sam, I think I do. Oh, this this is probably the most random of, out of everything we've had, I would say. Yeah, this is... Right, as you'll know from several months of doing this podcast, I come up with some pretty odd things, right? <laughs> In these examples I come out with, I come up with some pretty odd stuff. The fact that this sort of like was beyond anything I could come up with, even as a banter, yeah, it's, it's quite extraordinary. It, it really is. Now, we've had all sorts of products that have got no relation to football or football clubs whatsoever. And this one is well up the list of something which is utterly, utterly ridiculous. Get, set, set us up, Dan. Take it away. Sam, listeners, what we're going to present to you today <laughs> <laughs> is the Bayern Munich stand-up paddleboard. <laughs> I mean, who in the world thought of this? I, I, I really don't know what to say about it. It's exactly what it says in the tin. It's a stand-up paddleboard with Bayern Munich branding. It, it's terrible. I've got nothing to do, but there's a couple of things we should really note about it. One is the photos of the guy on the website who's quite clearly <laughs> not on a beach or in water. No. <laughs> I mean, that well-known sort of surfing resort, Bavaria. <laughs> is, and Is Munich not completely landlocked? Yeah, Munich's totally landlocked. Um, I mean, this guy, fair play to him. Obviously doesn't have a clue what's going on. They've obviously just picked out, like, they've obviously got a modelling agency and found, like, a bloke in really good shape. And that was the prerequisite of it. Yeah, that's it. He's good. Yeah. And stuck him in a pair of swimming shorts. He's, and then got him to just do some utterly ridiculous poses. A personal favourite, what seems to be the case with this paddleboard, it's a blow-up thing. And so they've got this poor bloke on this sort of fake beach, at, which I think is like the sort of... Have you ever seen the Truman Show? Yes. Yeah, I think it's a situation like that when he gets to the, <laughs> when he gets to the water and it's just a, it's a, like a... a painted a wall, yeah. Yeah, it's just a big painted wall and that's the ocean. Um, yeah, that's basically what we've got going on here. And this poor bloke is stood there just blowing up this thing with a massive um, air pump. <laughs> Does and it... just getting told to look look at the camera. Anyway, ridiculous. But I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go for the description. Good. Usually my favorite part of just how nonsense this is. Article number two five five zero nine. Right. Good. Irrelevant. Irrelevant. <laughs> right. With the red stand up paddleboard from FC Bayern Munich, fans of the record champion. This has obviously just been translated. <laughs> The record website's just sort of translated itself here, I think. Yeah. The fans of the record champion 
also cut a great figure on the water. <laughs> the complete set includes everything you need for great stand-up paddling fun. The light, pluggable aluminium paddle is adjustable and easy to adapt to your own body size. After paddling, the stand-up paddleboard can be bought to a compact packing size and stored in the supplied carrying bag to save space until next use on the water. Essentially what they've done is they've done a paddling board version of a K-way. <laughs> yeah, but see when it says it, it brings it down to a size, look at the pictures again, and there's one of him with a backpack on, which looks like he's going traveling around the world. It is massive. It's, yeah, it's, it's absolutely colossal. The only thing I would say, now as we discussed, I love Germany, love going over that. They're not a well-dressed set of people. It's, it's basically a nation of Martindales. <laughs> I don't think he'd stick out that much in terms of looking like a complete tosser. <laughs> but it's for, in practical terms, unless you are this guy who very evidently works out, then you've got to struggle carrying that about because it must weigh a ton. It's big. And I've just had a quick Google again, um, and the nearest beach is a seven-hour drive away in Croatia. <laughs> Which is so, get, get your paddleboard and your passport. <laughs> yeah, you're going. It's got a compartment on it for a passport <laughs> on this rucksack. He's got. It does not look like it, you'll be able to stow it in the overhead uh, flight locker. I mean, we all know which way. We all know what way this is going. It is completely useless. It's ridiculous for a start. It is completely useless when you have to cross a border to get to your nearest beach if you are obviously buying have fans in numerous places but say you are from you are from munchen it's it's not going to be much use to you their their website is very confusing because it says similar products so like all right okay to go with that sunglasses fair enough you'd wear the sunglasses right. at the beach now have you got the same thing i've got on mine which is a children's captain's armband <laughs> that is exactly what i've got <laughs> how is that a similar product Let's go to the beach. Well, Have you brought your paddleboard? No, no, I brought a children's captain's armband. Essentially, the situation I'm saying, right, sunglasses speak for themselves. You've got a beach one, you want your shades on. Now, what I'm thinking is this is a family day out. To Croatia? These are like items for a family day out, a family holiday, sorry. Family day out to Croatia? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> now, maybe buying know what's going down here and know their audience because what I'm seeing is, the dad's out there on this blow-up paddleboard thing. Uh, but then his child, his little lad or his little girl, is stood on the beach, like at the edge of the water, and basically playing the sort of Philip Lahm, Stefan Effenberg role, and as captain and just shouting at the dad that he looks like a complete tip. As with most of the things that go into the club shop of shame, apart from a couple of things, price is usually the biggie. What is the, I'm, I'm, I'm saying this, I'm asking you, I know how much it costs, <laughs> but I'm, I'll let you, um, I'll let you, I'll let you tell. How much is the stand-up paddleboard from Bayern Munich going to set you back? Sam, listeners, if you would like this utterly, utterly pointless thing, I've no other way of describing it. It's just a thing. You could do so. For €299.95. <laughs> That's outrageous. Uh, €300. Euro. 
plus um, plus shipping costs, but VAT is included. Oh, that's good news then. But yeah, ship, yeah, yeah. shipping isn't. That is, wow. I mean, we have had some. Oh, I don't think in terms of sort of price not matching the item. I think the Liverpool bomber jacket is going to be. I don't. I think we could do this podcast for another several decades, and we will never ever sort of find something that's got as big a discrepancy between price and product <laughs> yeah, than that. Liverpool bomber jacket. That's that's got that sewn up forever. Yeah. But this is in this is in the realms of the Melbourne City beer pong table. Something utterly pointless, nothing to do with the club, and a, a price that you wouldn't be happy paying. I mean, the thing is, this is what always gets me about when clubs do stuff like this. I can imagine you'd probably be able to get a better quality if you are into paddleboarding. I would imagine you'd probably be able to get a far better quality of paddleboard, either for less or for around the same price. I don't, I, honestly, I don't have a clue. Is this verging into the realms of the Man United hairdryer again? You're paying for the badge? Yes, I think it is. I mean, how much is a paddleboard? Right, a quick Google probably sort of shows it coming in around that price. But you would imagine that these are of far better quality and they just don't have a Bayern Munich badge, a massive Bayern Munich badge stuck in the middle of them. <laughs> it's, it's terrible. It's a terrible product and it deserves to go into the club shop of shame. Simple as that. I agree with you, Sam. Good. Oh, apparently this product is not available in your country. So if I wanted a, a Bayern Munich paddleboard, I could not get it sent over to the UK. It'd be more used to us because we're not exactly far from, let's say, Brody Ferry. Even the tea. I'd love to cruise up and down the tea on a little Bayern Munich paddleboard. I wouldn't. No. Anyway, we digress. The Bayern Munich stand-up paddleboard for €299, Euros, not including shipping, but including VAT. Is it in the club shop of shame? Dan? Yes. Get it in there. A shop window item, if yeah. ever there was one. Yeah, the most probably one of the most random ones we've had on the club shop of shame, I would say, other than maybe the, the foam hands of uh, Upton Park, which was our very first one, actually. But if you're looking at football teams, club shops and you see something ridiculous, send it in to the boys. You want to know how to send it in, or you need an example of what to look for. I know just the guy. It's Danny Williams. Sam, we've covered a few topics so far on this podcast. Scottish football, 90s mainstay television programmes, and now apparatus you can use by the seaside. And well-dressed managers. And well-dressed managers, and less well-dressed managers. Yeah. But I don't... But. They're in irrelevance at this point. But we could come back to them. Why not? <laughs> now, Sam, I was thinking then, when we're talking about buying and the paddleboard, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, I mean, paddleboard seems a lot of work. And then I started thinking about the 90s and gladiators at the top of the program. I thought, I thought about Bullseye and the terrifying legacy that program has left on this country. And then I'm thinking Scottish football, because I'm always thinking Scottish football. What club epitomizes the good life? The good life of the seaside and the terrifying legacy of Bullseye, all in one. That's right, listeners. What I want to know is, and I think it's out there, and if you've seen it, you come and let the boys know. Listeners, if you have seen out there an East Fife football club jet ski, <laughs> you come and let the boys know. You can imagine it now. So I'm taking it down a lot. You know, you're methyl on Largo Bay. We were strolling along down Largo Bay <laughs> as we sing our moonlit song on Largo Bay. But you're, and you're thinking about 
Fife's premier football operation, East Fife. Right? You, you just got to think of a good life. You got to think of a jet set lifestyle. And what is more jet set than a jet ski? Well, <laughs> half the words in the title. And what is more fitting than an East Fife jet ski? And if that's not out there, then I tell you what, what is, we might as well all go home and give up. So when you see it, it's not if you see it, it's when you see it. <laughs> you come and let the boys know. And you know how to do this. All the usual social streams. Doggy Saints on Instagram. Doggy Saints on Twitter. DoggySaints.com. The contact section. And the old face EB. Stop looking through your missus' and sister's profile and thinking she looks right good. It'll do you no good, lads. <laughs> It'll get you nowhere. If you ignore her, you come and let the boys know. East Five Football Club Jet Ski. Boom! Get there! <laughs> Oh, wow. That's a new one. Wow. Unbelievable scenes, that. I forgot I had that. It's very uh, Hotel Transylvania, but I thoroughly enjoy it. It's got a good It's got a good rhythm to it. I do. It's great. Uh, the, boys, the boys are genius. Speak, speaking of Jason Blythe and a completely unrelated uh, subject, uh, I remember seeing Brogan the Beagle last Saturday against Dundee, and he's still wearing the old kit. Surely, surely the kit man can sort him out something new. Oh, come on. You can't have Brogan. He's an integral figure in the pantheon of St. Johnston. He is indeed. The big dog. You need, to get him, you need to get him up to speed. You need to get him looking good. You do. Come on, Kitman, sort it out. But let's move on. It's Steam Team. This week was the 80s. Now, we had a new way of doing it, which was send them in by a direct message via all the social streams, which you did in your plenties. And I've got some belters. I've had to narrow it down to how many have I got here? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, eleven or twelve. But before we do that, let's announce last week's winner, which was the 90s. I love the 90s, Dan. Oh, I do love the 90s, pal. <laughs> uh, it went to a, a poll and it was between the following. And we so wanted one man in particular to win. He's big, he's tall, he's big, tall Paul. Did he finish in fourth place? No. But what did finish in fourth place, with 11% of the vote, and this was my favourite, <laughs> Media Beatles about. <laughs> Brilliant. Says you better watch out because Beatles about. Did it, remember the one with the alien and the woman offers him a cup of tea? <laughs> that was so funny. <laughs> Beatles about. It was. It was. It was good family fun. It was dreadful, and ultimately, Jeremy Beadle, He's not around to see the consequences of what he done. He ruined lives. But <laughs> for half an hour on a Saturday, Saturday evening, and have a good chuckle. Be- that that the premise has never changed. He did it. The Noel Edmonds did it, and now Ant and Deck do it. Yeah, that's true. True enough. But ah, oh, Edmonds. Anyway, Medi Beatles about another, another tosser. Anyway, move on. Medi Beatles about and fourth. Who was third? Third. I really like this one as well. This was Orika Kakakakaka Callan Davidson. Big tall Paul. The big tall Paul. Yeah. Third. Oh, no. The bridesmaid. He has not won again for another week, which is a shame because he's been a finalist every single week since we've started, I'm pretty sure. But he's that never won it. A good, such a good one as well. I, I young, maybe. Is the platform I mean, the issue, do you think? Do you think Twitter's a young team? No, I, I don't know. I don't know. I think when we get to the winner, it'll probably become evident that it, 
maybe there was just a tiny little bit, maybe just a few years yeah, okay. that might have made the difference here. What was number two? Uh, number two has come from, this was a brilliant one as well. I thought this was going to win. This comes from our mate, Martin Weir, friend of the show. Have we, did, did we discuss in the podcast last week that when we were playing fives, I shouted, get there at him and he just stopped and started giggling? Well, no, it wasn't just him that stopped and started giggling. Who had the ball and who was he trying to mark? That was me. Yeah, you had the and ball. I got and I was like, come on, Martin, like, get why? there, get there. I was like, why is someone shouting my catchphrase at me? And then Martin's like giving up on marking and just sort of started laughing. I think he ended up kicking the ball back to you. <laughs> Absolute. Oh, I'd say what, gamesmanship, man. None. What, what was his effort again? Well, this was down as the one that's too long, but we did we did provide it in the tweet. So this was E2 pack featuring Dr. J. Wright with California loving crabs. <laughs> three of them. I mean, that's a beauty. He's got three it? of them in there. Yeah, deserve better. It, it did. It did deserve better. But I think where we're gonna again, it's like it's the snap in it. He's mad. In terms of just like shoehorning players in and sticking to the brief in that regard, he smashed it. It was the one that was too long. Anyway, he did finish second with 24%. But the yep. winner, yep. with a fairly convincing 44%, this was really good to be fair, was Blink 1E2. Brilliant. E2 Vertanen, a very good shout. And congratulations, you're this week's winner. I think we've run out of mugs, so it might be a candle set, but you'll get something. You'll get a prize through the post. Um, so congratulations to you. Um, another great week. 90s week was excellent. But I'll tell you what was just as good. 80s, Go 80s week. We had some peaches through, and I've got the list of my favourite. Again, we get the usual lists from from a few of them, but I will, I'll go through some of the best. I've handpicked them. Friend of the show, Alex, has uh, said in Dirty Den, Donker. Oh, that's good. Was he the, the guy that was on a like webcam? Yeah, he stuck his finger in his mouth on a webcam. It was weird. It killed his career. And rightly so. <laughs> and then he died on his standards. He got hit with the bust of uh, the Queen Vic. Can't remember who killed him. Well, there again. There we go. He's also got... Uh, well, he had two stabs at it because he died once in the 80s and then suddenly came back. Remember Harold Bishop? He did the same. He oh, f- yeah. He fell off a... Uh, fell in the water and came back and said he had amnesia for 20-odd years. Ridiculous. I'd, I'd, I'd love to become a writer for a soap opera because I just think it... See, I, I just think... It's a total jolly. Just come up with the most ridiculous stuff you can possibly think of. Brookside used to be good for that. Oh, Brookside was good for it. Remember Nat and George are like the incestual brother and sister, and then they had the thingy under the patio. Uh, Jimmy, thingy under the patio. Jimmy Corkill. Lindsay, Lindsay Corkill becoming a mobster. Yeah, and then somebody setting the whole place on fire at the end. Good. Brookside was excellent. Yeah. Um, I think there was a, a neighbours-based... I think there was a couple, actually. I never wrote them down, but I think one of them was Ramsey Street to Vertanen. Uh, but uh, that, that was Martin Crane. His other one was uh, Alex Tot in Excess, which I thought was good. Oh, that's 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 a better one than two. Yeah, that's why I can accept that. Uh, back to Alex, who obviously said in Dirty Den Donker, he also came up with Boy Giorgio Boyle and He Manis. Oh, that's they're good. I'll it's go good. with them. Manis came up a couple of times, actually. Apart from He Manis, there was also Pac Manis and Rain Manis, which were all oh, excellent. They're both really good. Good. Uh, well done, Alex, again. Uh, Chris came in with Raiders of the Lost Arkans. There's a few of them, which was excellent. And Henry Hall notes. Oh, very good. Good. Our good friends at All Things St. Johnson came up with some a simple but effective one, Tommy Turner and Hooch. Oh, I uh, like it. I uh, like Turner and Hooch. I also had to Google it. It was 1989, so I'm, I'm sure they would have done their research, but I just had to make sure because I thought it was very early 90s, but no, 89. 
Um, and wake me up before you gordo. Yep, I'm going with that. That's good. <laughs> um, Teddy Lukic. <laughs> Teddy. Oh, Teddy, come on. He he knows it. Uh, he's got a double dunter. He's gone for Granger Hill. Just say Momo. Oh, just say... Oh, Crash, just say Momo's really, really good. And our good friend, Tall Paul. Come on. Come on. Come on, big Tall Paul. Bross for Scythe. Right, come on, people. That's... And also... And we're not taking sides here. We're not picking favourites. But it's good. His other one as well is excellent. It was Beta Max Kucharovsky. There's a finalist on one of them two. I'm yeah, gonna, I mean... I want to put in... Bross Forsyth, Alex Totten excess, Tommy Turner and Hooch, and Henry Hollenotes. I think they're four strong candidates. Yeah. I'm going to go with that. Or Wake Me Up Before You Gordo. Oh, wake Me Up Before You Gordo was good. Dirty Den Donker as well was good. Dirty Den Donker. Right, we'll discuss it off We'll discuss it off air, but they were all excellent choices. That's why I said, instead of reading about 30 of them, we'll narrow, we just try and narrow it down a wee bit further um, to about 12 there. And we'll, we'll have to narrow it down further somehow. I'm having Bross for Scythe I'm definitely having, and I like him. Both big tall Paul's ones were good. Yeah. But I like a musical one. I know. We did music. Did none, of, none of these ones actually came up. In excess, Alex taught in excess, never came up before. That was good. Uh, good. People need a bit of time. And, oh, Alex taught in excess. Do you ever watch that Bross documentary, by the way? No. When the screaming stopped? No. It no. was brilliant. You know who directed it? No, I think I do. No, I don't. Go. The drummer from Blur, Dave Roundtree. Oh, the one, the only one I can't name. Yeah. <laughs> the, one, the one that's not Damon Albarn or Graham Coxon or the guy who does the cheese. Alex James. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. The fourth oh. one. Good. So. Yeah. If you can find it, watch it. It is, you genuinely think it was a parody. And the screaming has indeed stopped for Ross. It has. But the screaming has not stopped for Theme Team. We have done the 90s. We have done the 80s. <laughs> Where do we go next, Dan? It's not like we're running out of ideas, <laughs> but I'm going to suggest the 70s. Good, because I've already written down one. I'm hoping that, well, I was hoping that that's where you're going to go. I've written down Flair Austin. Ah, oh, very good. I'm having that. Yeah. Um, Earth, Wind and Fire. <laughs> what about them? Oh, they were good, weren't they? They were from the 70s. So yeah, I'm having them. Earth, Wind and Fire. Get them in. But you've not made it into a football player. Don't care to with that good. I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> let it go. I'm gonna let it slide. Quite quite defeats the purpose of of the whole event. If you can uh, tie together something from the 70s and a St. Johnson player, smash them together and enter this week's theme team by all the usual social streams, doggersaints.com, the contact section. The old face A B, Twitter. See, I don't do it with as much gusto as you, and I feel like I'm uh, letting the side down, but I don't think we need you to do it for a third time, but I think you should. Go for it. Dog Saints on Instagram. Dog Saints.com, the contact section. Dog Saints on Twitter and the old Face TV. And I can't think of an example for what you girls you can do on Facebook. So you'll have to wait until next week. Stop entering those competitions to win a camper van. They're just hemorrhaging their, your bloody information. That's what they're doing. First, they get your information. Then they harvest your organs. Watch out for them. <laughs> I was watching Dumb and Dumber 2 the other day and um, the bit where uh, at the end where Lloyd gives up his kidney and he opens up the freezer bag and it's just a pork chop. <laughs> I don't know why I found that so funny. <laughs> it was just absolutely ridiculous. Right, let's move on. Shall we? Yeah, let's.
Should we, Please. Should, should we go back to... Uh, oh, before I go any further, I can't forget, as you know, Sex Tips with Shelly Kerr, a popular feature that's run throughout the our, our series. She's came up with a few sex tips, one of them, more fluid. I think I've got the button. More fluid. More fluid. There you go. And also a button which has been replaced on, on, on my wife's desk, which is ridiculous because I use it. Um, this was the button for... Um, you need length, you need width, and you need depth. But it's now this. It's Ghostbusters. I don't know why. But that's no use right to man. Right back It is. No use to man nor beast. But I got sent uh, by a couple of people um, a reply to Shelley Care's sex tip. Ian Crocker of Scotland... What do you call it? Commentary. Thank you. That's what I was looking for. And this is his reply to more length, more depth, and more width. This is big! This is huge! Wow, he has got something huge, big, and massive for Shelley. <laughs> and I can only imagine he's on about Scott McTominay's twanger after he scored that goal. No. <laughs> Scenes, limbs, I think they cry that. Might have been, I wasn't there. So let's move on. <sighs> Gutted. What a terrible decision to not go to the game when I was in the queue and I got pissed off with having to wait to try and get in, so I left and went back to the pub. What an idiot. Let it go. <sighs> And that was my, the start of the downfall. Anyway, anyway, St. Johnson podcast. Let's do Doggers on Tour. A classic feature where we pick a country and discuss players from that one. We've did such players as David McMillan, Maddis Vyman. He was, a, he was our very first one. He was good value for being a big useless haddie. Where are we off to this week, Dan? Sam, we're going to the land. Dwight York, Mr. Brian Charles Lara and Carib Beer. Brilliantly named beer. <laughs> we're going to the Caribbean. <laughs> and we're going to Trinidad. And Tobago. Oh, lovely. Listen to that. What a treat. I was actually wanting to put in 50 cent uh, PIMP because I do like a steel drum. He was bulletproof, man. Nice. But this is the only song I can actually put in here. Is this one. We can still support from St. Johnson the World Cup. Unbelievable. We sort of overlooked this fact quite a lot. Yeah. That a lad who was playing for St. Johnson at the time played at a World Cup. Which is great. He was in the squad. It's absolutely brilliant. And obviously we are referring to Jason Scotland. Yeah, Jason Scotland, a fine player for Saints, fine player in general. And yeah, I'm surprised we didn't do this when we're doing Doggers on Top sort of every week because he is still a firm fan's favourite. His goal record for Saints was pretty outstanding and represented his country at the World Cup while still playing for Saints. Which not many people can claim. Nobody can claim it other than Jason Scotland. I think he's the only one. Colin Samuel was in that squad as well, but obviously he joined Saints a couple of years later. Yeah. Um, does, he, does he want a hairdressing place in Hamilton now or something, Jason Scotland? I remember reading that somewhere. Yeah, I think he does, actually. I, I, we probably need confirmation. Like, if anyone can confirm that to us, that'd be great. But I do, that does ring a bell. That'd be excellent. Or if anybody's ever had their hair cut by Jason Scotland, let us know. That might be even fewer people, but it could happen. Could have happened. 
it's a good way to go, like, because obviously he won't have been able to retire on sort of the career he had. And had, everyone's putting up a hair, a barbers now, aren't they? Or hairdressers. Craig Conway, he's a, a trained barber. He is. New feature, Saints players were also barbers or hairdressers. <laughs> I don't know what to call it, <laughs> but um, but we'll come up with a, a good feature. That's what we'll the do. Spoony, the Spoony Chop. <laughs> oh, oh, that's what he should call it. He should open up a hairdresser and call it the Spoony Chop. Nice. David, if you're listening, do it and give us... We'll accept 10% each. But yeah, so Jason Scotland, he was a... I, I just... I just thought he was a real handful of a player, to be perfectly honest with you. I know it's a horrible cliche, but he had a lot of skill about him as well. He was one of the very few players that if he broke through on goal, you knew he was scoring it. Absolutely. It was it was one of them as well. I remember Jake, I remember him when he came down to England as well, or came down to the sort of football league, and he was at Swansea. He's obviously not in England, but in the English football league. And he was his goal record for Swansea was pretty similar to Saints. It, Pretty much like went up a goal every two games, which is very, very good. The unfortunately he did get his moves to the Premier League and didn't quite work out for him. Was, and I think he was utilized. I think he was actually a bit unlucky. I think he was badly utilized because he was sort of um a big lump of a boy. He was a big physical player, but I think he had more about him than that. I I think he was pretty lazy though, wasn't he? Yeah. But that I think when he went to Wigan, he just basically had him. Just go and stand on the two centre halves. Yeah. And we'll just fire balls into it. But I think he had, like you say, he was very good at hanging about on the shoulder of the last defender. So yeah, it was fortunate. But as a actually just a Saints place, time at Saints. Superb, superb goal record, represented Saints at the World Cup, and played alongside my sort of personal favourite ever player to play at a World Cup. Who's that? Uh, who uh, Port Vale's Chris Birchall, who <laughs> played for Trinidad and Tobago. Yeah. I mean, he, he did stand out in that side. Uh, but it's the whole story behind it. He, he discovered sort of, I think, quite deep into his career that his mum was born in Port of Spain, so in Trinidad. So that's just an extraordinary thing to find out when you're a bit further on in your career <laughs> or realise that you can sort of go and play for Trinidad. He managed to, I don't know why we're talking about Chris Birchall. He never played for St. Johnston, but he got in the, and then he came to the attention of the Trinidad and Tobago Football Association because of a conversation between cricketers Brian Lara and Ashley Giles. Obviously. Obviously, that's how it's done. So, yeah, and Jason Scotland played him at a World Cup. And there were good value in that World Cup, Trinidad, because I do remember it. They got 2006 a, World Cup. The England beat them 2 0, didn't they? Just late on. Just. And Peter Crouch had to pull on someone's dreadlocks. Peter Crouch, who was six foot seven, or is six foot seven, I should say. <laughs> was. Um, yeah. <laughs> Has had to pull on someone's dreadlocks, who was about half a foot shorter than him, in order to get up for a header. <laughs> Which sort of played into my dad's theory that he stands six foot seven and jumps five foot three. One of these ones, yeah. Um, yeah. But still, Jason Scotland was a great player at the time, and he did the Iron Brew adverts for, at the time, the Jason Scotland song. It was also in him while he was at St. Johnson, and St. Johnson got a name check in his song, so brilliant stuff. Yeah. And if, well, any, and if anybody knows Jason Scotland, get him to get in touch with us, because we'd love to have him on. Also, yeah, just on that, that's where I was going to go with that. Not only would we like to get him on. Um, also, if he does have a house in Trinidad, and would like to let me borrow it for a couple of weeks for a holiday. Yeah, 
Good. <laughs> Good. Thanks for that. Let's move on. What is that fanfare for, you're asking? I'll tell you why. It's the return and the long-awaited 31-episode wait for a saint story from Dan. If you're new to the podcast and not listened to the earlier episodes, Dan came out with a story every week about um, urinating somewhere. Uh, in general terms of St. Johnston, there was a trip to Dingwall where you, you fell down a hill on the side of the road. I'm sure there was another wee-wee story somewhere, but you're back. You've got a saint story. You've sat in this one for six months. This is going to be the greatest story I've ever heard, I reckon. Do not let us down. No pressure. There was a fanfare and everything for you. Well, I reckon this is going to be a crushing disappointment because I don't actually think it's that good, but... <laughs> <laughs> right. This was before, basically. This was before people started writing into us with saint stories and old boils and stuff like that. So this was when we are just telling our own sort of stories. I was like, oh, I've got one. People just started coming in with better stuff. So there's been a build-up here that I don't think it can match. But anyway, so a couple of years ago, through Easter Road, I had a good day out. We had a, had a bit of a day of it. There was um, me and a few pals. There was four of us went. Special shout-out to my mate Charlie, who that day, having had probably about eight pints already up to that point, and I'm going on the low end of the scale there, had eight pints, drank a cup of water, I can't remember if it was before kickoff or at half time, and then just throws this cup and goes, right, well, that's me not getting a hangover then. <laughs> wow. Is that how it works? Yeah. Apparently, that's how it works. He would text me sort of the next morning to advise that he had been misguided in his belief. It's nonsense. But now, people out there will know that I have a habit for missing goals. We've discussed it before. I have a habit for if a goal, when I used to do the turnstiles, I'd inevitably miss a goal on the turnstiles or back in the office or going for a pie or something like that, or, you know, got a loop. So it was this game at Easter Road. I can't remember. It was about, probably about this time of year, October, November. It was a nil-nil. And Saints were, Hibs had missed a few good chances, but Saints were generally the better side, particularly in the second half. And it was probably, it just, it was never going to happen. you just like, it was one of them games where it's like, we're not going to score it. Got a penalty. Danny Swanson had been on the pitch about two seconds and decided he was taking it, presumably because it was against Hibs. Missed it. And so he starts thinking at that point, it's not our day. Anyway, so... Not like Saints to miss a penalty. Not like Saints to miss a penalty, no. I think that was during the phase where we went about six games on the run, getting penalty, six different takers, and missed every single one of them. Yeah, we have one of them spells every now and again. Yeah, that was it. And so you just think, it's not going to happen. Then we got a free kick, just in the starfish time. Spoonie stood over the free kick from out wide. And for whatever reason, and I don't know why, I, I know exactly why I did it, but I turned to our mate Adam and went to him and went, I'm going to try something here. I was like, I'm always good for missing a goal. I needed a, I needed a leak. So I'm always good for missing a goal. I'm going to nip to the loop. And I don't know why I did it, but I'm stood under the stand and I just heard, I just I stood on the stand in the toilet and I just heard it go up, the whole stand go up. And then I've decided to walk back in like Moses through the waves, <laughs> arms up, <laughs> as if it's me, as if I had, as if my decision to go for Pete had any bearing <laughs> on anything to do with that goal going in. I think it did. I kept telling myself that to make me feel better about missing the goal and an absolute worldly of a celebration. But yeah, I don't know why I did it because I know for a fact that that just isn't how life works. <laughs> I'll go for a pee and... Jinxing, uh, jinxing isn't a real thing. It, it's nice to believe in something like that, though, and I think that goal was all down to you 
Well, who was it? Was it Shaughnessy? Was it that one where Shaughnessy has got a late goal? Goal to throw, yeah. Yeah, I remember that uh, one. Sean, good header as well. Because it, it was during that sort of spate of a late goal at Easter Road. Yeah, loved a late like goal. Like for yeah. several seasons on the trot. Uh, I did one. Jason Kerr did one. Um, yeah, good, love a late goal at Easter Road. Well, yeah, and then, yeah. but Good story, I though. Under, I still understand why this was happening. Yeah, good story. Good story. I'm I'm delighted we waited that length of time for uh, for that. We can yeah. finally put, we can finally put it to bed. And it wasn't too heavy on the tinkling either. I think there was just the right amount of tinkling involved. It was, yeah, not too tinkle heavy. No, which is good no, news. It wasn't, it wasn't like falling down a hill in Dingwall. No, certainly not. But go well, back to episode two if you want falling down a hill in Dingwall, people, because that is genuinely a good story. I seen that there's a tweet earlier on on Twitter saying uh, that they've gone back to listen to some older episodes. Fair play to them, because they were pretty bad. <laughs> I can't do it. No, I, I, I cringe. I, I... Right, right, as it's retro week, I'm getting a little bit self-indulgent here for a minute. I, I, love, the old, I love the sort of really early episodes, because I'm, st- I'm still really proud of them. Yeah. Because it was the start of what we sort of were doing, and neither has had a clue what we were doing at the time. Still don't. But, my God, they don't sound good. No, they don't. They, well, you didn't have your microphone turned on for the first two weeks, but no, we're... And we've got jingles now. I think that's the difference. Jingle and a decent... Remember our first two episodes had that, like our outro music at the start? Yeah. Which wasn't great. So again, we have to thank Kyle because we don't do that enough considering that we've well, we've used his, uh, his own music for 34 episodes, well, 32 episodes, plus two spinoffs, so it's 34, yeah. Yeah. What a guy. So thanks again to Kyle for that. But we've reached the end. We've made it. We made it. We'll be back next week with a guest. Back with a guest. We're back with football to talk about. We just wanted to do a little something this week just to, you know, because we enjoy doing it and just to keep things ticking over at Dogged Towers. So we hope you've enjoyed it. It's been a little bit of a walk back down memory lane for us. And yeah, it's been good fun, mate. And it's been great. And we've also got a notice board announcement. We've talked about the last couple of weeks. Uh, Kirsten Roper had a fundraising event on Saturday. You got a text from her? Yeah, I did actually. Yeah, we got a text from Kirsten. A uh, really lovely text. So this is this is on Saturday night. Said so still counting up the exact total. The fundraising charity quiz night they had at Myths and Legends raised one thousand seven hundred pounds and counting. That was with a further expected donation, which would have taken it to one thousand nine hundred and fifty. Great effort. Well done, Kirsten. The I hope. I gave her a dog, uh, Dogger Saints goodie bag as well, which had a hoodie, a t-shirt, some mugs, candlestick badge. And it was our sponsored event as well. So, yeah, we're delighted to have helped and amazed that she, she raised so much money for Sexist UK. Great stuff. Just, yeah, just what an effort. And I'm very, very proud of herself. That is fantastic. Have anyone made it along? Along we didn't because um, we were double booked. But if anyone made it along, oh, we had a tremendous night. And I'm sure you will have done. There was a... There was a raffle going on. There was a quiz. It was. It sounded brilliant. I was a bit gutted that we missed out, but yeah, very, very well done to Kirsten and to everyone involved. Excellently and excellently said and well put. I've got one announcement for the notice board. If anybody's in Glasgow around Queen Street Station and finds a, a Samsung S20 Ultra with a teal magenta phone case on it, it's mine and I will pay you upwards of £5 if you return it to me. That'd be great. Good. And finally, there are still tickets available for our event at Horse Cross with Stuart Cosgrove. Now, 
loads of people have texted in to say that they've got tickets and are trying to flog them for double the money. Nasty touts. Nasty touts. But, well, we're delighted. If you can come along, brilliant. We'd look forward to it. We're going to have a night out afterwards and we'll have a rare old time. It'll be good fun. I only did some work for a tout once. <laughs> Manchester Arcade Fire at the Manchester Apollo, 2007. Some tout paid me and my mate 10 quid to go and um, to go and buy some tickets for him to flog. Nice. Right. Gave us a tenner. We went to the we went to the off license and spent it on Stella. <laughs> Good. Good. There yeah. we go. And highly legal. But thanks again for listening to episode 34 of Dogger Saints, an unofficial St. Johnson podcast. We will be back with episode 35 next week. Oh, but before I go, I have to give a shout out to Kevin Fitzpatrick. And I've had an issue getting onto Facebook Messenger tonight, but he has came in with some 80s theme team one. I have to give a shout out to so he said Peter Gabriel Paz. Phil Collins Samuel, Duran Durandy Jackson, and the Fall Guy Melamed. All absolutely superb, my friend. Yeah, thanks everyone for listening. We love you all, and we'll see you next week. Bye! Bye-bye!